Hey everyone, Dave Hagen here. You know, my mama used to tell me you are who you hang out with. Yeah, it's true. That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hey, thanks, Nick. Welcome, everyone, to the Financial Wellness Podcast. We're coming to you from beautiful downtown Van Nuys. With me today, Mr. Brian Reed. Brian, welcome. Thank you, Dave. Good to be here as always. Well, we're hanging out together, and and today's topic is you are who you hang, hang out, out with. So. so, what does that say? <laughs> you know, that's good. That's bad. I don't know. Um, but anyway, I recently saw an interesting uh, quotation by motivational speaker Jim Rohn, and and he said that we're the average of the five people we spend the most time with. Hmm. Now, on a gut level, I certainly believe this to be true, but I wanted to find out more about this, and I started to do some some research, and I really couldn't find anything empirical on the internet or in other materials that supported that statement, but I essentially believe it to be true. What do you think, Brian? It makes sense. I mean, the the people that are around you, if they're motivational, if they inspire you to go do things, it would seem like that would be a snowball effect. And if everyone is sitting around playing video games and not doing anything, and that's assuming you're not a professional video game player, um, I got to think that's going to kind of cut back in your productivity. Yeah. My gut just tells me that there's just some some truth to this, you know. I found some really interesting quotations when I was doing some of the research for this. The George Washington, our first U.S. president, he said it's far better to be alone than be in bad company. Interesting. I saw another quote that said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. All right. Woodrow Wilson, our 28th president and founder of the League of Nations, or one of the founders of the League of Nations, said, your enlightenment depends upon the company you keep. More recently, Colin Powell, retired U.S. general and former secretary of state, said, a mirror reflects a man's face, but what he's really like is shown by the kinds of friends he chooses. So I think people are talking about this. I think people understand it as like a general truth, even though there hasn't been maybe any empirical research done on that. Whether we like it or not, it seems to me that we're greatly influenced by our relationships, and especially those that are closest to us. So look around. Are your friends encouraging you to grow, encouraging you to be successful? Do they have similar goals? For that matter, do they challenge you from time to time, or do they provide you with some constructive criticism I think this is something interesting to think about. I do really think that we become like the people we hang out with. You know, I remember when I was between uh, undergrad and law school, I took a year off to do some things and I started hanging out with a group of people, good group of folks, but they were not going to go on to, you know, the next degree. They were very comfortable with, um, you know, um, beer on Wednesday night at a particular place and, and softball on the weekends. And it was all good and well. 
but that's just not what I wanted to do. And I was kind of getting pulled into that comfort trap of being in that group of people. And that was going to be my future. And I decided to do something else. And it was tough to step out of the group because I, I liked them and it was a, a good group of folks. But I just I wanted something a little bit different. And it worked out. I guess <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here with Brian doing the podcast. So I, it worked out. You know, Brian, it's here we are hanging out, and I guess we're going to start uh, becoming more and more like each other. Huh? <laughs> I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing. You've got some qualities that I'll be happy to absorb. And, 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 and vice versa. You'll never be as funny as me, but no. that's okay. <laughs> or when when I'm uh, not doing so well putting together a podcast, you would say, stop, Dave, this this sucks today. Let's, <laughs> let's just put down the pen and try it again another time. Huh? Oh, man. Well, it seems to me there's three big groups of people that we generally have, you know, in our life. And I want to talk about each of the three of those. The first group is, is family. We can't change our family. We need to love them for who they are. But a lot of our extended family, we, we don't even get to choose. It's based upon someone else's decision in our, in our family. It seems to me we can't really cut them off. That would be inappropriate. It would be impolite. It would be rude. But it seems to me we can limit our time with them, our exposure to them, if, if we choose. If you've got a family member that's not positive or you don't get along with them or they're just difficult to be with, we can certainly limit our time in an appropriate amount. What's the appropriate amount? Well, that's up to you. But you can certainly make a conscious decision of how much time you want to spend with that person if they're having a negative effect on their life or if they're not having a positive effect in your life. We can use that time for the other two groups of people that we spend time with. Now, the second group, I think, is our friends. We tend to choose our friends, but not always. Sometimes our friends choose us. Think about that. You have friends that have chosen you. We seem to accumulate friends from different stages of our lives. Many times we have a, a, a group of high school friends, a group of college friends, old job friends, etc. And these friends we seem to accumulate over time and are these friends, are these groups of friends for you positive and supporting? Do they have similar ideals and goals? Or maybe they've taken a different path. Maybe it's time to limit some of the exposure to some of these old friends that are no longer as relevant to our lives. For me, this means high school friends. I mean, I have a couple of really good friends that I still talk to from high school. But for many, their experiences in life are so different than mine and we don't really even talk about the same things anymore. And I, I just don't relate to that. Um, a lot of them have had a lot of their own issues and I don't want to relate to what, what they're dealing with. You know, um, I, I try and run a pretty, a pretty narrow path, but maybe it's time that I need to think about this a little bit. And maybe I need to do some culling of, of friends. I don't know for that matter. Maybe it's time to limit my exposure to friends who've chosen us or that no longer fit into our idea of, of what our, our friends should be. Now, of course, this means that if you have a friend who's been with you for a long time through all these different stages in your life, that's really a, a special entrusted person. You know, I've, I've got a friend, uh, my wife and I have a friend, and um, this friend has, has been a, a really good friend of ours for a lot of years, even though we went our separate ways and, and lived in different areas. We make a point to get together and we communicate and, and you talk about our life experiences. And just because this friend has been 
with us or we've been with each other for such a long period of time, it's a very, very special friendship. How about you, Brian? You had any experiences like that? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone has the uh, the friend that maybe you've lost touch with, but the moment you actually speak or see each other again, you're right back to wherever you were the last time you saw them. Right. And they're still supportive. They're still yeah. encouraging. They're, they're still deep. wanting the best for you. They have no, no separate secret agenda. Nope. It's just uh, yeah, right back to where you were right. the last time. Special friend. Special friend. Now, it seems to me the third group of people that we have in our lives are, are coworkers. And, and the interesting thing about coworkers is we really don't get to choose them once we've chosen our job. They're just there. They just show up. They just walk into our office. And, you know, interestingly enough, we spend more time with our coworkers, that's eight hours a day, than we tend to spend with our other friends or even our family. And if you think about it, in a 24-hour day, and that's all you get, you spend one-third or eight hours with your coworkers. You tend to spend about eight hours sleeping and then eight hours for everything else, and that's eating and commuting and taking care of your body or working out or doing all the other stuff that you do. And we probably spend more time with our coworkers, conscious time with our coworkers who we have not chosen to associate with, as opposed to our family, to whom we hopefully have chosen to associate with and really appreciate their time. That's always struck me as, as really odd. The people you spend the most time with during any particular day are not necessarily the people you've chosen to spend your time with. Now, you know, we all know some of these very difficult people that we need to work with. They, they complain, they gossip, they're basically toxic. And this toxicity starts to creep into your mindset over time. You start to become like them. Other workers might be tired or complacent or have given up. And, and this can also creep into your mind. So maybe we all need to think about spending a little less time with these types of coworkers and more time with other people that are, that are positive and productive and, and spur us on. You know, I've got a friend that's, that's got a business and, and he brought in a worker who was um, really a pretty good worker, but he was a, a toxic worker and he would complain and he would go on and on and on during the day to the other workers about how difficult things were and how, how the man was pushing him down and he had all these difficult things that he had to do. And he really kind of brought the, the whole crew down. He was really starting to affect the, the overall path of the business. And the shame of it was he was actually a pretty good worker, but his toxic attitude was more hurtful than the work that he could do. And ultimately, 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 they, they let him go. And someone said, oh, man, it's a shame that he found out because, uh, you know, the guy lost his job. And, and my thinking was, no, it's good that he lost his job. All the other workers are now positive and happy to be there and doing good work and working together and not having to listen to this. And I know all of us probably know of an experience where, you know, they had to work with a, a toxic coworker. I mean, the, the workplace is full of these kinds of examples. So, you know, if you take a minute and think about it, if you've had two or three jobs over your life to this point, you look back and, wow, you're going to see that, there were toxic people. Think a minute to, to think about that. How about you, Brian? You have to deal with any toxic coworkers? 
every person has to deal with <laughs> at some point in time <laughs> in their life or another someone who is uh, not the easiest uh, to get along with and just avoid them like the plague. <laughs> yeah, try and minimize that exposure and, and don't let them uh, don't let them drag you down. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Now, I've also heard that a person's income is the average of the five people that they hang out with the most. Um, and if that's the case, man, I need to get some some millionaire friends, right? Um, I, this was really interesting to me initially. It was intriguing to me initially, um, you know, this comment. However, it, it's probably just an extension of reflection of who we hang out with. As, as much as we talk about financial wellness, that doesn't necessarily include making the most amount of money. Making money will be a logical extension of pursuing financial wellness. You know what I mean? We don't have to very specifically consciously go out and, and look to have, you know, wealthy friends. The objective is not necessarily to make money. The objective is financial wellness, believing that money will follow that. Now, I'm not suggesting that you go out and cut people out of your life. I'm not suggesting that you necessarily become an elitist and only have friends that are higher up in your business or your social world. I call this friending up. I don't think you need to friend up. But what I am suggesting is that you have some awareness about the people around you and perhaps take some subtle steps to slowly change the mix of, of that crew. Now, what can you do to up your friends? You know, what can you do to up that group? Well, it's hard to say, I think, without being phony or fake. However, you know, look for look for groups or clubs that deal with areas of specific interest to you. Look for groups that have members that might have specific interests or aspirations similar to yours. Obviously, you don't want to get involved in a club or a group if you don't support the goals of that organization. But chances are, if you're committed to that cause or that purpose, you'll make friends with that group. And your friendship mix will change over some period of time. You might also consider putting together a, a mastermind group or joining a mastermind group in your area of business. We can talk about mastermind groups for a long period of time, and we'll do that in a different podcast. But generally, they're like-minded people in similar industries with similar thought processes who periodically get together and discuss issues. This used to be they would get together and meet in person once a month or once a quarter, but I understand now a lot of people are doing this in meetup rooms or on the internet. Um, it's kind of like a large support group. Again, your friends should not be a completely cultivated or fake group of people just to help you get ahead. However, you might want to look around and periodically modify or call out your group of friends so that they're supporting you in a positive way and that they're a positive influence in their life. So to sum up, most seem to believe that we are the sum total of the five people that we hang out with the most. Who do you hang out with the most? Is this something that you need to think about? This is Dave Hagen, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. As an additional bonus, each month, 
Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications. Let's listen in now as Dave answers some emails. All right, Brian, what do you got for me? (laughs) This one is uh, not exactly on topic, but it's not exactly off topic either. So uh, this is from Steve and Steve writes, Dave, I know you are a big fan of imperfect produce. Anything new with them? Well, you know, for our listeners this time that haven't heard about the podcast uh, Imperfect Produce, they send uh, imperfect produce that they get at the food market and they send it out to you in, in a box. So you're getting ugly produce that tastes really good at a cheaper price and it uh, forces you to learn to cook a lot of different other things. So It's awesome. It's awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. In fact... Uh, uh, when our box comes, the dog has now learned that there's a, a bunch of carrots in there and she, I open it up and she sticks her nose in there and grabs her carrot and off she goes. Dogs love carrots because <laughs> it's chewy and it's kind of sweet. Anyway, a couple of things that have happened with imperfect produce. You know, they've, they've expanded to more cities. So they're growing, they're doing well, it seems, um, and they're getting bigger and bigger. I've seen some other companies that are starting to compete with them, companies that are also delivering perfect produce to your store or to your house. So I I think that the concept is starting to expand a little bit. Um, Another thing is we got a box that had some not as good produce in it. It wasn't imperfect. It was like fuzzy and moldy and uh, it had spoiled. I I think it was a rutabaga or something. And, um, you know, we we emailed them up on it and uh, they apologized and made it good. So it was that one time and and uh, they made a point to to make it good, which I thought was pretty cool. Pretty cool. And we've also started doing a custom mix. You know, we were doing the the surprise me box where they would put anything in there. And now we've started to add some of the the regular stuff. We like to get a couple small avocados because we live in California and we eat avocados. Uh, for a while, we were getting like a little bag of dates. They have pits in them, so if you get the dates, don't break your teeth on the pits. Um, but we let them surprise us a little bit. But some of the stuff we start to call out, you go on the website and you uh, tell them ahead of time, you know, anything specifically that you want in there. So our experience or interaction with Imperfect has changed a little bit, but, you know, probably probably changed for the better. I, I know the dog digs it. <laughs> <laughs> Gets the carrots. It does. It does. Now, Brian, you told me that we have a uh, voice uh, email. Uh, we do. And let me uh, cue it up and we'll get it going for you here. Got it. Hi, this is Tanya from Amarillo, Texas. I work for a small firm that doesn't provide any retirement options. Can you give me any advice on what I can do? Sure, Tanya. Um, something you might do is you know, set up an IRA account. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of companies, whether they're small companies or non- nonprofits, um, that, that don't provide for retirement anymore. You know, it used to be you work for a company, you do 30 years, you get the retirement. That's a pretty rare thing. Um, that's one of the reasons that people are working for, you know, county and state government, you know, even federal government these days, because they want that nice pension when they retire. But there's a lot of places that just don't have it, can't afford it, or their staff's too small. So you need to do something on your own. And I think the best thing that you could do would be to to set up an IRA. And I don't want to talk about all the specifics of, you know, how to set that up or, or what the limits are, because I think that's a conversation that you have with your accountant, or I think that's a topic really of a whole nother podcast, but you can set up uh, an IRA 
And then the money that you put in there is typically um, deductible. It's tax-free. So you'll save some taxes. You'll get some money to start to build up in an account. Um, you'll, you'll put it in a you know some kind of an index fund or some kind of really low-risk investment. And you'll poke your head up 20, 30 years down the line. You'll see that there's actually a pretty nice sum of money there sitting for you. When you take it out of, a, of an IRA, it's taxable. But the thought is that... Um, you're at a tax rate that's much lower because you're not working anymore. So certainly anyone could and should set up an IRA. And I think that after someone sets up their emergency account, and we've, we've talked about that in past podcasts, and now you start looking at your retirement, you start setting it up. And um, if it's not provided at your place of employment, you do it yourself. And the IRA is the probably the, the best way to do it. But we're going to do a whole show on this, this and Roth IRAs and um, some of the other kinds of accounts um, so that we can get people to start to think about that. So stay tuned, Tanya. We're going to be talking about this more. All right. I think we got time for one more short email. Well, you got something for me, Brian? I do have a short one, and it's actually kind of uh, interesting in its shortness. Dave, what time do you get up? Well, <laughs> who who wrote that? None of your business. <laughs> um, I, no, I mean, I, I, I think it is more than just a, a personal question because a lot of highly successful people get up early. Uh, they get up before the sun comes up uh, because they want some quiet time, whether it's to meditate or plan their day or do whatever they do. I remember back in the day when I was, uh, you know, playing football in, in college and we didn't have two practices a day. We had three practices a day. And the first practice was at the crack of dawn in the gym. And I remember the, the coach, I remember this so clearly. He says, you know, we're going to start our first practice. And I know that if I get you out early, you can't stay out too, la- too late the night before getting into trouble. He says, but a lot of really productive people start their day early and it's just a good habit to experience even if you don't make it a full-time lifetime practice. And I remember that and I I think there was some some wisdom to that. Um, We're going to do a whole show about captains of industry and entertainers and other successful people that get up early and, and talk about what they do in that time and how that's led to their success and in some cases their financial success. But uh, uh, I get up uh, 5, 5.30, mostly because I just don't know any better, you know. It, it's still pretty <laughs> dark at that time. And, uh, you know, I get up and say, Alexa, turn on the lights, and the lights come on and uh, it's pretty jarring at first, but it's nice to have that quiet time in the morning to kind of think about your day and plan what you're going to, you know, try and try and accomplish. So that's what I do. I don't take it as a personal question. I take it as a, you know, a success question, or at least that's the way I choose to, to, to answer that question. Um, and thanks for sending that email in. Well, I think that's going to be a wrap today on on this podcast. Uh, Keep coming back. We appreciate you listening. We're working on some really interesting stuff coming up, including our It's My Money concept. So uh, um, we will talk to you next week. This is David Hagan, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. 
If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.